Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We value the Bible and believe it is important to teach it clearly, remaining true to its central focus of announcing and applying the powerful and transforming news of Jesus. In short, we exist to help all people know and grow in Christ. Our hope is this teaching will do just that. Mark chapter 6, Mark 6, verses 53 to 56 will be our passage that we'll look at this morning. I hope that you'll take a second and find the scripture. If you brought a Bible or can find one on your phone, the Bible app, or there is perhaps a Bible in front of you under a seat. Um, those online and here in person, I think it would be beneficial for us to just look at the Scripture together. So I invite you to find the very end of Mark chapter 6, Mark six fifty three to 56. As we talk about a welcoming culture, a series that was introduced to us last week from Romans 15 when Pastor Winston preached, and I'd like to go right to the Scripture as we read this summary account of the ministry of Jesus. Mark 6, verse 53. When they had crossed over, they came to the land at Gennesaret and moored to the shore. And when they got out of the boat, the people immediately recognized him and ran about the whole region and began to bring the sick people on their beds to wherever they heard he was. And wherever he came, in villages, cities, or countryside, they laid the sick in the marketplaces and implored him that they might touch even the fringe of his garment. And as many as touched it were made well. Let's pray. Father, open our hearts to receive from the scripture from your word, Lord, we pray to meet with you today that you would speak to us by your Holy Spirit in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Four observations from this text. First, pain is everywhere. Human pain is everywhere. Wherever Jesus went, villages, cities, countryside, throughout the entire region, they laid their sick in public marketplaces, hoping that they could just touch the edge of his garment to encounter Jesus. Number two, it's not difficult for Jesus to heal. Jesus heals. Remarkably, all that was needed was for people to touch this fringe of his garment, and we are told that they were healed. So pain is everywhere. Jesus heals. Number three, no one is turned away. This remarkable summary statement, as many as touched it, were healed. And number four, just the general observation that most people need someone to bring them to Jesus. The sick were brought by others. So let's look at those four observations together. Pain is everywhere. Jesus heals. No one is turned away. And most people need help getting to Jesus. We often read these passages in Scripture, these summary passages, and we pass over them as if they merely link together the rest of the story. They're so, as, as if maybe they're a, a filler or just a connector. 
but they actually communicate important big picture truths. They teach us much about ourselves and much about the nature of Jesus Himself, the nature of God. They frame for us an understanding of our world. And these first two points are especially important in this regard. Framing for us is understanding of ourselves and the Lord. Pain is everywhere and Jesus heals. It's interesting when the Apostle Peter was asked to go to the house of Cornelius, the first time the message of Jesus was preached to the Gentiles, Peter went into this extended group of family and friends connected to Cornelius, speaking to them about Jesus, speaking to a group of people who didn't know Jesus, who didn't know really about Jesus. And this is where he began. He began with this summary, Acts 10, verse 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed for God was with him. This summary of the life of Jesus, of the ministry of Jesus, to know that this is the nature of God, his love, his compassion, his willingness, his power, his authority revealed therein. It's a good place to start when we think about Jesus. Dallas Willard in his classic work, The Divine Conspiracy, begins his book with this thought. This is interesting and convicting. He says, very few people today find Jesus interesting as a person or of vital relevance to the course of their actual lives. He's not generally regarded as a real life personality who deals with real life issues, but is thought to be concerned with some feathery realm other than the one we must deal with and must deal with now. And frankly, he's not taken to be a person of much ability. But on the contrary, Jesus is of great ability and personal and cares about your life. Uh, it, it, is a, it is a truth that we especially celebrate at Easter. Jesus is risen from the dead. I mean, consider this. If I told you today, there's a, a man or a woman in Tampa who was dead and has been risen from the dead and can heal you of your disease. Many of you would walk out right now in this moment, get in your car and drive to Tampa. Jesus is alive. He's a real person. He's the son of God. He heals. He cares about the pain of your life. Even with the advances of modern medicines, people still get sick and die. With every new day, it feels like we discover a new disease. And though we're grateful for medicine that often extends our lives and our life expectancy is longer than previous generations, we're grateful. We're grateful for numerous conveniences which make life more comfortable and easier in many regards. But at the end of the day, we understand that all of, all of these gifts delay or reshape our pain. And the presence of pain and suffering points to 
actually a hunger in our souls where we still long for the ultimate cure, a cure for the emptiness of our souls. Friends, I want to tell you by way of personal testimony, it is so wonderful to be in touch with your pain, your brokenness, and to know that Jesus heals. This is my story, the goodness of Christ. Jesus has somehow made my body whole, pieced it together, given me help. He has healed the brokenness and dysfunction of my own soul and continues to meet me in places of brokenness. He's He's helped me in my marriage. He's helped me as a father. He's helped me as a pastor. He's helped me as a friend. Jesus heals. And he meets us in the pain of our life. Many times, the access point through which Jesus enters into our lives is the point of pain and suffering that we find common to the human experience. Friends, as we talk about being a welcoming culture, a culture where we invite people to consider Jesus, to meet with Jesus, to receive grace from God through Jesus. It's so, it's so helpful to know Jesus is the one who does the healing. We don't, we, we, we don't have the burden of fixing people. We don't have the burden of figuring out everything that needs to be figured out in one another's lives. We really, this passage offers a, a, a picture, a display for us. They, they brought people to Jesus. We invite, and then they implored God to help. They implored Jesus to help. And I put that before you as a simple model. Invite and implore. Invite people. Hey, just come, just come consider this. Come, come be a part. Come consider the purposes of God for your life. And then pray before God for those individuals. We invite we implore, and I want to say, no matter who you are, the Lord will meet you. The Lord will help you. Mark chapter 2, early in the gospel of Mark, there's an important account of healing that's recorded. Now, if you read the gospel of Mark, you'll quickly notice that Mark doesn't give very many details. He just gives high-level summaries, just uh, like staccato-like overviews, like a heavyweight boxer, blow after blow after blow, and it happens quickly. But in this particular account, early in the gospel, Mark slows down and gives some detail to tell an, about an important miracle. And it's early and it's extended because I think in many ways it gives definition to all of the miracles that Jesus performed, all of the healing miracles especially. And the story is a somewhat famous story where friends bring a paralyzed man, unable to walk, on his bed to meet Jesus, and they can't get in to see Jesus. And so they go up on the roof, and they tear off the roof, and they lower the man down through the roof into the presence of the crowd, and Jesus heals the man. But when he heals the man, notice, notice first of all, the pattern that we've just called attention to in Mark chapter 6. Pain is everywhere. Jesus heals. No one is turned away. The man is not turned away, even though he really forces his way in. And frequently, most often, people need help getting to Jesus. 
But the story doesn't end there because Jesus does something. And this is, this is what gives definition really to our understanding of the compassion of Christ that's displayed in his healing power. Jesus announces that the man's sins are forgiven. And when he does this, the, the religious leaders of his day are outraged. They understand that this is actually a divine prerogative, that Jesus is, is claiming something that can only be claimed by God. And Jesus then leads them in a little interaction where he says, which is more difficult to say to this man, rise, take up your bed and walk, or your sins are forgiven. Now, In one sense, you would say, well, only the healing can actually be verified. So that's the more difficult thing to say. But actually, the more difficult thing to do is to meet the deeper need, to bring forgiveness, to bring a restoration in one's relationship with God. And Jesus makes this connection. It's an important connection that the pain, the suffering, the brokenness of this world actually points to a deeper need and eternal need, a need for Jesus, a need for our relationship with God to be restored. And so these miracles actually point to Jesus in a way that invite us to consider him in an ultimate fashion. We're approaching now Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday. And we will discover if Jesus is, is the Savior of Palm Sunday for us or the Savior of Easter Sunday. Palm Sunday is the day where Jesus is celebrated as king, but really the king who gives me what I want, who meets my needs and helps me to establish my kingdom. Easter is the Sunday where we go to the cross and are raised with Jesus, where we die to self and we receive the gift of his salvation, the gift of a restored relationship with God. Consider this this quote from J.R. Edwards, the physical blessing of Jesus, the physical blessings of Jesus are not just an end in themselves, but a fork in the road. One branch of which leads to Jesus' final saving purpose, the other to a false understanding of Jesus as simply a wonder worker. You see, what happens is God, God cares about your individual needs, your pain, your suffering. Whatever the condition of your life is today, your relationships, your needs, God cares. And he meets you in that place. But that is the starting place. That's the place where you're invited to consider, hey, I have need. I have significant need. And Jesus can meet that need. And and this author, Edwards, is saying here, but that's like a fork in the road. There's, there's an invitation for you to say, I want to go, go all the way with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to discover my ultimate purpose in God, which is found in Christ. Or I just, I just really want Jesus to meet this, this momentary need. That decision is put before all of us. If you're considering and praying about inviting others to Alpha today, uh, as you invite and leave the results with Christ, as you implore and ask Jesus to meet this person,
be free. Trust Jesus. Trust him to meet the individual at that point of their greatest need. He's perfect in his wisdom. He's kind and compassionate and loving. He's willing. He's powerful. So he knows. He knows exactly how to unveil his plan in that individual's individual's life. So they may say yes to your invitation. They may say no to your invitation. They may, they may be healed. Their healing may be delayed. But God knows and we trust him as we continue to invite and implore. Riverside, I want to pray that we as a church would just be established in the grace of God as a welcoming culture, an inviting culture, an outward looking people who are constantly desiring for God to share his kindness and goodness through us. It's rather amazing to me, this thought that Jesus is so powerful that if you touch just the edge of his garment, you'll be healed. Matthew and Luke both tell of a story of a woman who comes to Jesus with this in mind. She's suffered for 12 years with what the scripture calls a discharge of blood. And in her suffering, she's spent everything she's had and she's been cast out by society. She's been actually declared unclean. So really, according to the custom of her, her day, she, she's not even supposed to touch Jesus. Perhaps that's why she implores this, uh, she uh, implements this strategy. And she comes to Jesus, touches the hem of his garment, is healed in this mass of people thinking she won't be discovered. And then Jesus senses what's happened, turns and says, who touched me? And then the disciples in a little bit of a comical moment are like, are are you serious? Like everyone's touched you. This is a mob of people. Now what's fascinating about this story to me is when she touches Jesus' garment, he's on his way to heal the daughter of a religious leader. And that daughter has died. And in remarkable faith, this man believes that Jesus can raise her. So he's on the way to heal a daughter, this woman who has been cast out because of her suffering, tries to almost steal a miracle. And when Jesus confronts her, it's the only time in Scripture he ever calls someone daughter. And he announces to her, you're not just healed, but you are my daughter and I'm restoring to you your identity as a daughter of the living God. It's an invitation. It's an invitation every time we say, hey, you have have a need. You, You live in a place of vulnerability and fragility. We all do where we are invited Every day to receive the grace of God. And every time we do, we're invited to come to that fork in the road and say, Lord, help me. Help me in my marriage. Help me with this child. Help me with a job. Help me with this provision. Heal my body. And every time to say, Lord, as I ask, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to hear you call me son. 
I want to hear you call me daughter. I want to hear you, Lord, invite me into this place of restoration with you. Friends, what a joy it is to be ambassadors for Jesus, to be, to be invited in, welcomed into a culture that is a welcoming culture. If you are visiting here, you're new here, you're a guest or you're just checking things out, we want to say to you, we welcome you. We want to welcome you the way Jesus welcomed us, no matter who you are. And to extend to you God's compassion, God's power at the point of your pain, but also an invitation to, to, know, to know him. Would you pray with me? Thanks for joining us. If you ever find yourself in the North Lauderdale area, come check us out. For more information on services and events, visit us at 954church.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching 954church.